This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Bliss today from Chris. Chris just got off the ship, actually, a couple of days ago. He took the ship from Miami over to Los Angeles through the Panama Canal, so he's going to share his experience coming up a little later on in the program. Uh, Don't forget about Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Uh, We'd love to have you over there to join the cruise conversation. Also, all of the uh, talking points that we talk about in the show, uh, cruise news, cruise tips, all the stuff can be found at our website at cruiseradio.net. All right, with no further ado, Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So we're both back in studio. It's been like, what, two or three months <laughs> since we've both it been? It has. I think the end of uh, March. Yeah, it's crazy. Getting right to cruise news here. A Carnival cruise ship was delayed from Tampa. What happened? Yeah, Carnival Miracles May 27th sailing was delayed and is scheduled to depart from Tampa on May 29th. Carnival said there was some sort of a unanticipated issue that required the ship to remain at the Tampa port for another two days. But not to despair, if you're booked on that sailing, you will receive a $200 onboard credit, which is nice on Carnival's part. And they're also going to return part of the fare, you know, to compensate for the shortened length of the cruise. And oddly enough, you'll be able to board the ship and stay on on the 27th, but it's not going anywhere until the 29th. However, Carnival will provide free shuttle service to various attractions around Tampa. And this is also a Carnival live cruise. Couldn't happen at a worse time, right? Um, And though there's usually a fee for Carnival live Carnival is going to open up the concert to everybody for free. And in case you're curious, the headliner is country music artist Tim Rushlow. Oh, yes, from the 1990s, Little Texas. Interesting. I'm sure that people would much rather be seeing Tim Rushlow perform than be on a cruise in the Caribbean. But anyway, onboard credit, Carnival making it right, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What can you do, right? Exactly. I think it's a nice gesture. Okay. One of Royal Caribbean ships was just in dry dock getting its first Skypad edition. Talk to us about this. It was, and then it moved over to Southampton where there was quite a big uh, turnout for press and travel agents to see this new SkyPad. It's aboard the Independence of the Seas. And what's a SkyPad? Well, they're describing it as a virtual reality attraction that includes bungee jumping and trampolining. And eventually, you're supposed to feel the same sensation as if you were walking on the moon. So I can see that, you know, the air the airlift part of it, I guess, or the weightlessness. Uh, several other Royal Caribbean ships are slated to add Skypad to their list of onboard attractions. And this coming June, uh, Mariner of the Seas will have Skypad. Isn't Mariner going to get this massive refurb? Yeah, it's yeah. just been gone for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and coming back to the U.S., right? Yep. Let's talk about Virgin Cruises. They revealed some public spaces on their upcoming ships, and they've been pretty quiet about what's going on on these vessels, haven't they? It's been very quiet, and it's been a several years since we've heard you know, more breaking news about this, I think. that's When I look back at all my articles, that's what it looked like. And they've unveiled their first batch of artist renderings, and like you said, they gave us a sneak peek at some of the inside and outdoor areas. Uh, The ship is still unnamed as 2,700 passengers, and it's due to launch in 2020. But the reveal showed us Richard's rooftop, named, of course, 
for Sir Richard Branson. It will be a suites-only passenger area designed pretty much like a private club, so you have to be in a suite in order to use it. There will, will be the manor, which when I looked at the pictures, it looked like um, something from Ricky Ricardo's uh, Tropicana nightclub. It's a throwback-looking nightclub. It has the seats all spread out um, that surround a platform stage and dancing in the middle. There will also be the dock and the athletic club, which will be outdoor areas open to everyone at the aft of the ship. For a Mexican restaurant, there is the Pink Agave, which they're saying is a modern take on Mexican food. And then last but not least in the reveal was something called the Test Kitchen, which um, it's a stainless steel, rather surgical-looking type restaurant, and apparently they will incorporate beakers and test tubes and measuring flasks. I don't know if that's for serving or just for display, but the the look at this really is, um, I don't know what it's going to be like in person, probably very shiny um, reflecting all the steel and the spotlights that are in there. but um, I don't like this next story. Uh, volcano activity over in Hawaii impacting cruises and residents. Yep. Due to continued eruptions from Kilauea volcano on the big island of Hawaii, several cruise lines have canceled their visit to Hilo, which is the city closest to the national park and the crater. Uh, Cruise lines that have canceled port visits to Hilo include Crystal, Norwegian, Princess, and Royal Caribbean. These ships will instead head to the port of Kona, also on the Big Island, switch to a day at sea, or in the case of Norwegian Pride of America, return for a day in Maui. So they're still circling Hawaii, just uh, a little jumbled up there. One other thing I was going to add, port itself is warning passengers if they do have shore trips that they've booked on their own to head towards Hilo, that they should not do it is just too dangerous. They never know when another fissure will erupt spewing molten lava onto the roadway. And of course, they don't want anyone to get trapped in the park area, which parts of which have been open. So, you know, if you're on one of the ships, all is well, and you'll probably still be able to see a beautiful nighttime display of the lava erupting. And last but not least, Disney Cruise Line has uh, announced their 2019 cruise itinerary, and it looks like they're bringing one back. Yep, they've announced they're going to go back to some of their popular destinations, and that will include from New York City, but they're going to return to the Bahamas, Bermuda, Canada, the Caribbean, and Mexico in 2019. Like you mentioned, uh, the Disney Magic will go back to New York City in September, heading to Bermuda, the Bahamas and Port Canaveral for a day stop. Disney Wonder is going to go to San Diego for Baja and Mexican Riviera cruises. Now, you have to keep a running charger because it gets confusing. But later on, Texas will see the return of Disney Wonder to Galveston. And from there, there will be a series of cruises to the Caribbean and the Bahamas. And then still in fall of 19, Disney Dream and Disney Fantasy will continue their cruises from Port Canaveral to where? The Bahamas and the Caribbean. And finally, Disney Magic, after finishing a series of those cruises from New York City, will head south back to Miami in November for shorter Bahamas and Western Caribbean cruises. So that will range from four to six nights. It's all spread out with some popular itineraries. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, living here at Port Canaveral, I can't, it just amazes me that, you know, people dock here and they rush off to Disney, they rush off to the Kennedy Space Center. 
you know, it's just it's like my backyard. Why would you go there? But it's really popular. It's funny because Richard, uh, one of the writers for CruiseRadio.net, he always goes to Disney whenever he is in town, like on Norwegian Breakaway or whatever, because he lives up in New York City. So they stop here on pretty much every cruise out of New York. And he paid, a, like, I think it's out of state now, is $126 per ticket um, for the day. And you don't even get a full day. You literally get, like, six, five or six hours at the park, and you have to go back to the ship. So I'm like, uh, if I had the beverage package, I would just stay on the ship all day. Well, I don't know. You know. Then yeah, again, it is cold in New York this time of year, or you know, when he comes, and it's normally hot as heck down here. So I guess I can see the little break. I guess so. Yeah. You, you know, you have to factor in along with not having much time in the park. You have to factor in the wait time for the for the attractions also. I guess it's so. like the beach too, right? Like we take it for granted. I live five miles from the beach from my house, but you know, my friends in Nashville live ten hours from the beach. So you know, I take it for granted. Whereas they love the beach, and I haven't been in five years. I, I know. Talking to Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven dot com. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over seven million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. So Chris just returned from the brand new Norwegian Bliss. He did a Panama Canal sailing from Miami over to Long Beach. Chris joins us on the line. Hey, Chris. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, my friend. Thanks for checking in. Just fresh off the boat pretty much, right? Yeah, literally just got home yesterday. Uh, We got off the boat on Thursday, but we did a few days in Long Beach and Disney, but that's post-cruise, so we'll talk about them in a little bit. Yeah, very nice. Well, uh, so let's do some pre-cruise thoughts from you. Uh, what made you want to do this? This is a very long cruise. I mean, you're up in well, you're in Vancouver, right? Correct. So we had heard that Norwegian was going to be bringing a new ship over to Seattle. So obviously we knew that it would have to go through the Panama Canal. We've done multiple cruises with Norwegian before and thought, well, you know, this might be a good experience because it's on a newer ship. Um, it's going to be the new locks. You know, because we had been watching Panama Canal cruises for quite some time. And so we put a hold on it. And we were like, okay, well, we're not going to book anything until this is announced. So when they announced the itinerary back in January 2017, we booked the night that it became available. Mm-hmm. So we were like right on one of the first people to book as well as good friends of ours. So 
it was quite exciting because we walked to watch the build from start to finish. Uh, this is the second time we did this with the breakaway as well. When it was built, we were actually on the transatlantic from Southampton to New York on that ship. So we were kind of excited to try another breakaway style ship. And, you know, of course, the Panama Canal. So it was two birds, one stone. Nice. So you make your way from Vancouver down to Miami. Uh, how was your embarkation process down in Miami? Well, embarkation, well, first off, we had gone to Orlando and drove down to Miami the day of uh, embarkment, uh, something I really didn't want to do, but we were scrunched for time. So we drove from Orlando to Miami, took about three hours, dropped the car off at the rental agency in Miami. We were at the ship around 1.30, and we were on board. Uh, we were booked in the Haven, so we had priority embarkment, but we were on board at 1.50, so 20 minutes from literally dropping our bags off at the porters, to being up in the Haven Lounge. Wow. Now, uh, going into uh, like the Haven special embarkation area, do you still board right yep. there on Deck 7, was it? Or do you have your own private area? It was on Deck 7, but they brought you over to the elevators and you had a priority elevator, the forward elevator up to Deck, I think the Haven's on Deck 18 and 17 on this ship. Mm -hmm. So it literally, it, it didn't stop anywhere, but Deck 17. Cool. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book in the Haven? Is there only, Is I'm not familiar with the Haven. Obviously, I've never sailed in it, but yeah. is there only balcony suites up there? Yeah, there are only balcony suites. I, I know MSC has interior mm -hmm. yacht club uh, cabins, but with the Haven, so they can have half-facing penthouses. They have forward-facing penthouses. Those are outside of the Haven complex. And then inside the Haven complex, they have the standard courtyard penthouses, which is penthouse to me, I think of like a separate dining area and sleeping area. Mm -hmm. They don't have that. It's just like a, a balcony room, a little bit wider, a little bit longer, a little bit more opulent. And then they have the two bedroom suites, which is a kind of like a little inside cabin at the beginning of the stateroom, separate dining area, separate living area. Then you go over to the master bedroom and then a gorgeous bathroom that overlooks the ocean and a shower that overlooks the ocean, and that's the stateroom that we booked. Um, this particular ship only has two owner suites, mm -hmm. uh, whereas like the Escape, the Breakaway, Getaway, they have uh, four owner suites and then four deluxe owner suites. So they actually lost a lot of owner suites with that forward horizon lounge for the Haven. That sounds like an awesome room. What did you think of it? Well, this is probably... I I think the fourth time we've cruised in this cabin, uh, we've done it on the breakaway, Epic, Getaway, and now the Bliss, and it just keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. um, they are beautiful rooms. They're very well laid out. There's lots of storage in them. They're very opulent in their furnishings. Um, I know that Oceana and Region are part of the same brand or same holdings, and you can definitely see some of the styling cues mm -hmm. from Oceana and Regent ships coming into the Norwegian ship, especially with this one now that Andy is a CEO or whatever he, whoever he is, but definitely has some pull that way. Cool. Now let's talk about dining as far as um, now, cause you up there in the Haven, you have your own dining room, correct? Yes. You have the Haven restaurant. Uh, it is the same menu mm -hmm. every day. So 15 days, <laughs> I, I don't want to complain because it's not who I am, but it was starting to get a little monotonous because it's not a very big menu. Mm -hmm. What we notice is it seems to take like a little specialty from all the specialty restaurants. So there's like a surf and turf, there's a prime rib, there's a uh, sea bass, there's a brie burger, you know, 
But eating there at the same day or multiple times, the same meals, you kind of like, okay, I just want like a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. But what's nice at this haven is it's actually a few decks above the buffet. All the other ships, the buffet is at the rear of the ship. This one's forward. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go down and you know, get some chicken wings or if you want to get french fries, they're available for you right there. The observation lounge in the haven looked amazing. I was only in there for like maybe five minutes, but from what I can tell, it just Great. seemed like super cool. Did you take advantage of it up there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we spent a lot of time in there. We were using it for our cards. Um, it was actually a very quiet space. Uh, mm-hmm. There was not a, The Haven was sold out, and I think there were, from my understanding, about 80% capacity in the Haven, and it felt very empty. Like, you would go in there sometimes, and there was nobody to be found, and everywhere would be more in the lounge, which is on the other side of the pool area. That is where the bar is. So it was a little bit concerning that they didn't put the bar in that lounge and utilize that space more. It almost feels like it's not getting the attention that it deserves Mm -hmm. because it is a beautiful space. It's quiet space. It's well laid out. It's comfortable. There's, you know, every chair or every table, there's a USB or two USB ports for you to charge your phone while you're sitting there, you know, like, they really went these little extras yeah. in that area. They have like a little continental breakfast that they set up there. There's some snacks in the afternoon, and then there's a cappuccino espresso machine that you can get your coffee from. I personally don't like the coffee on the ship, but that machine was actually where I kept going to get my coffee. Mm, cool. Did you get to compare the popularity of the one below you, the regular observation lounge? Yeah, so I went down there a few times. I was traveling with some people that were staying in Non-Haven, so of course you're going down to see them. What that lounge reminded me of was on the Epic, they have the Epic Club, which is for Haven guests. It, the, the motif or the styling of it was identical. It felt like I was back in that Haven. So like again, they're bringing the stylings because of um, the refurb that they did on the Epic. They're bringing those stylings and they're moving over to the other ships now. So it felt that way. It was massive. I was surprised at the amount of space that they had. There's all these like little nooks and crannies for people to relax. There's again, a buffet set up in that area for continental breakfast, lunch, and dinner snacks. They had a bar at the forward of it. And the garden cafe is one deck above. And there's like this big open area that you can look down. Mm-hmm. And it's just this big, beautiful open space. And I mean, during Panama, of course, it's hot and humid, so it's nice to have an air conditioning area to relax in, especially when it's doing Alaska, because it can be cold in Alaska, so it's nice to have these indoor areas. Definitely. Uh, as far as dining goes, um, outside of the Haven, like what kind of specialty restaurants did you go to um, as far as like Los Lobos or the, the Steak Cagneys or anything like that? So we did the barbecue place Q. We did that three times because <laughs> we loved it so much. I was thoroughly impressed with it. The first night that we went there, I had the turkey breast and it was melting your mouth. Like it was delicious. All the sides were phenomenal. Uh, It does turn into like a country singing band at around 10 o'clock. So it's got some live entertainment there. Uh, We did try Los Lobos. I'm not a big Mexican fan, but the guacamole, which they make table side is just to die for. Uh, I had quesadillas and a couple of the appies. Um, people we were traveling with had enchiladas, the burritos. They were, they said, probably about a good seven, maybe even eight. Cagneys we tried once. Again, um, to me, 
kidneys, I can get the same kind of steak up at my Haven restaurant. So it's kind of like, okay, why would I go here if I can mm-hmm. get it up there? You know, like you kind of think that way. The service was spot on, very good service, good atmosphere. It does feel to me smaller, the uh, breakaway and the getaway, their Cagneys and um, Los Lobos or Moderno seem to be like almost smaller on this ship, which I don't know if that's just an illusion. It just felt like there was less tables and less area for it. We did try the Manhattan Room, which is the complimentary one. One, one night they had a chicken cordon bleu that I kind of wanted to try. It was good service, was a little bit on the slower side, but you have to chop that up, new ship, getting your bearings, you know, so you just kind of take it as a grain of salt with that. Did you uh, uh, make your else? way into Food Republic at all? Yes, we had a lunch there, so we did that on uh, one of the sea days. It was very quiet in there, but it was actually probably one of the better sushi places I've been on for a ship. I would have to say not my absolute favorite. I'm not a big sushi fan, but it was still good. Cool. They have the, it's not really a brewery, but it's like a brew house on there. Did you uh, hit that at all? Of course. So district brew house, they have something like 20 taps or 20 taps on uh, different beers and stuff like that. So I know when it was during the transatlantic, they didn't have a lot of different beers because I mean, they were getting their supplies from overseas. So Mm -hmm. they wanted to wait till they got to Miami. So they had this one funky Buddha that I really loved and they had an amazing comedian slash singer in there every night. And he was, he made it happening. Like he had a really good flow with the customers or just, it was great. That's awesome. That was the first time I've ever been introduced to like cocktails on tap. Like I've never seen like a Moscow mule or the one they had the cucumber um, cocktail on tap, like out of, out of actually a spout. I've always seen bartenders just like yeah. make a Moscow mule or make the cranberry vodka, but they actually had them on tap there. That was pretty cool. Like they're, I think they're like nitrogen based, which is a, uh, did you have any of those yeah. cocktails? I didn't even know those existed until like literally the last day we were there. Right, and okay. someone was saying, Oh yeah, did you try these cocktails? And I'm like, you mean cocktails from a tap? What are you talking about? <laughs> and same idea. Like I had never heard of that. And he said, yeah, it was actually really good. Um, so didn't have a chance to try those. Definitely loved. Um, they have one of my favorite ciders there, Angry Orchard, mm-hmm. and had a few of those. And it's a nice space even during the day. Like I know people were going down there during the day when it was, you know, a little bit on the quiet side. But it's you've got kind of like a sunroom style. So they've got this uh, windows above, and you kind of feel like you're out in the ocean, but you're not in the wind. You know? Yeah, that's uh. Very cool. Did you go to the uh, the main buffet at all on board? The I keep forgetting the name of it. Garden Cafe. Garden Cafe. Yeah. So it was my snack guru. Or, or whenever I was feeling a little peckish, it was uh, two floors down, and would go get some chicken wings or pizza or something like that. The pizza on this ship was probably one of the best pizzas on a ship. I mean, I've had make pizza on many ships, and it's always kind of got that. You're like, ah, oh, this is like something you would get for ninety nine cents mm-hmm. somewhere. This one had nice thin crust. There were some nice toppings. Um, actually, getting back to the observation lounge, they had focaccia bread done up as pizzas. And uh, those were probably the best things I've ever had because the little pieces of focaccia bread. I'm one of those people that likes pineapple on my pizza, ham, a little bit of cheese. It was delicious. So nice. those were really, really good. And of course, um, Norwegian has amazing pretzel rolls. And oh, yeah. 
I always seem to get a few of those in my <laughs> little tray going upstairs. Yeah, definitely the favorite there. Now, they have a, uh, some pretty good entertainment, actually excellent entertainment, um, on board Norwegian yes. Bliss. What did you think of it? We saw Havana the second night. We were not thrilled with it. It was mm. good, but it just wasn't. It, it, it seemed kind of subpar for what we were going to experience next. So we saw, of course, Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had it near the end of the cruise, so it was quite a build-up before we got on there. One of the short excursions we did had some of the cast from Jersey Boys, so they kind of got to talk to them about it. And we did the behind-the-scenes tour, so you got a little bit more of us information on it as well that way. So when you actually got to see it, you've you got to give Norwegian credit. They went pulled out all the stops. I mean, the theater, the staging, the lifts that they have in the staging, the lighting, all the technical and automations that they've got into this, they went all out. Like, there was no going back. Like, they really stepped it up on this one. Uh, we did one night called the Prohibition Show, so it was kind of like a comedy show, and it was about the Prohibition it was back in the twenties and they had some good singers and you got some drinks with it. There was a charge for that one. I believe it was 20 or $22 for that one. And you got five drinks with it. So it was, it was, it was fun. It was one of the funner shows to see on board. We did the silent disco, which is kind of, you put headphones on and mm-hmm. it's four different channels of music and, well, I mean, that was entertainment because you just take your headphones off and listen to everyone sing because they're all, Singing along to what they're listening to, and you've got a version of Cats happening. <laughs> what did you think of their, their show theater on board? It's um, very similar to the Getaway Breakaway. Uh, comfortable seats. They've got cup holders now, which I think is brilliant. I'm surprised they didn't have them beforehand. Uh, good bar service. It reminded me a lot of the Getaway Breakaway and the Epic. Yeah. I like how they have excellent sight lines in there. A lot of theaters at sea have obstructed view lines. And this is like, there's not a bad seat in the house uh, in this theater, in in my opinion. I'm thinking back, like I've only been on the getaway class ships or breakaway class. So I'm probably thinking, and I was on a Holland America probably six years ago, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it had sight lines or had good sight lines, but I, I just can't remember. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so you had a lot of days at sea because you were, I, I, I assume you did, right? Because you were transitioning from oh, yeah. Miami to Los Angeles. So how, how was the ship during sea days? So I think having that observation lounge really pulls a lot of the people that would normally be in the atrium or, you know, outside on the waterfront areas. It's pulling them to that area. I mean, it makes that area a little bit on the congested side. Especially going through the Panama Canal, I, uh, there was a little bit of disagreements with people camping out overnight and moving the chairs around and Whoa. trying to sleep in front of people and stuff like that. So Garden Cafe did get busy definitely on peak hours, mm-hmm. um, so you just avoid it if, if you can. But the atrium was on the quieter side. They have all this space down there, and they have all these extra room for like guest services and stuff like that. And it feels so much like that they could have had more like another maybe desk down there or something like that. It just feels a little too open. Mm-hmm. Um, also got to say that they've got a Starbucks on board and I was very happy to see that. And I think that's a great addition, especially the fact that it's been a home port in Seattle. You kind of got to laugh on that one. Mm-hmm. And it does taste like Starbucks at home, which <laughs> I'm a very big proud fan of, of that. The sea days, uh, I went up on deck a couple of times. There is a lot of deck space, definitely a bigger pool deck area. It's um, the, like it's not a bigger pool, but there's more space around the pool. They only have 
two slides on this ship, whereas Breakaway Getaway, I think they have like four or five different mm-hmm. slides, and that definitely takes up a lot of deck space. I'm sorry, I might be jumping ahead, but like they have the drop slide, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun, but a lot of people were getting stuck in it on our cruise. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, seriously, like it's because it does this loop and you kind of go back and you go upwards and then you have to go back down. And we were standing on the sidelines making bets. Are they going to get stuck or not? And they have a hatch there to let you out if you do get stuck. And what we noticed is it's people that are wearing one piece bathing suits. So females that are wearing these, there's a lot more drag mm-hmm. and it's therefore slowing them down and getting them stuck. If it's bikini tops or a lot of men wearing just swimming trunks, they weren't getting stuck. So just a, I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but it just seems to be that way. And then they have the aqua racer on the other side, which is just like a, you know, you get a little rubber dinghy type thing and you slide down and it's fun. It's not very fast. It's not very in your face water. Whereas the other one, uh, it was like nine seconds long. You're not allowed to wear any jewelry at all. So even if you have a wedding ring on, you cannot wear it. It has to come off. I heard one lady wanted to ride the side. So they said, well, you have to go to the medic and tape it up because we don't want you getting your finger ripped off. And it was something like $115 for her to do that. She nixed that. So just a tip, if you want to do that ride, the only thing you can be wearing is bathing suit. Um, A friend of mine had a body piercing. They wouldn't let him ride at all. So... I would be a nervous wreck if I got stuck inside that first slide you were talking about, the drop one. Oh, I would be too. Oh my gosh. I tell you, it took me a lot of courage to get up there to do it. Um, (laughs) It was definitely, I didn't get stuck. What I was told, and this makes sense, is keeping your feet together as much as you can Mm -hmm. to give you that more propelling and don't lean up. So Mm. I didn't get stuck. But I have a friend that was there, and they were like, I started going backwards, and they were able to pull themselves forward to make it over the hump <laughs> and make it out. So I know I would not like it because I, I, I'm claustrophobic, and it would be like, get me out now. Yep. I will give them credit. They do get you out quickly, but it's just that anticipation of when are they going to get me out or can they get me out. <laughs> exactly. Did, did you do um, go-karts or laser tag? Did them both. We did the go-karts. Um, I think our third day, they're a lot of fun. I give them props for figuring out putting go-karts on sea. It would have been more fun if you get with a group of people that you know, because they will actually, the controllers, like the the crew can control the cars remotely and slow you down. So if they see that, you know, someone's taking their time and taking a Sunday drive while everyone else has got road rage, (laughs) they will slow you down or even stop you. So go with people that you know are going to go with the same flow and laser take same thing uh there was a group of us 14 of us went so we were seven and seven on each team it was a blast uh it's five minute sessions okay at first i was like five minutes you know that's kind of sucky you know it should be like seven minutes Mm -hmm. no five minutes when you're up on deck in the sun or outside in the humidity five minutes is perfect timing yeah and you get to go twice, I believe. For uh, so you get two five-minute sessions. Did you um, stop by Coco's at all? The dessert shack on there. I looked at it many, many times, and I just kept going. It was <laughs> too delicate, and I was like, I would probably start, and I would not leave. So I continued on and would go up to the buffet and get Jello or ice cream from up there. 
I ordered one of those um, Snickers milkshakes from there, and oh I think goodness. it was like three thousand calories. But I ate every single last drop of it. It was so good, so and I good. bet it tasted phenomenal. How about the uh, the sports bar? It's not called O'Sheehan's anymore. What's it called? Locals. No locals. Yeah. Never got a chance to try nope. it. Um, we came on board one day, and we were going to go there, and then we decided to go to the buffet instead. Uh, so didn't get a really chance to go there. That's where we had our mustard drill, but that's the only time I really sat foot there. As far as the transit on the um, Panama Canal, how cool was that? Like, you know, you were going through the new locks. Was that a pretty cool experience? Once in a lifetime experience. Would I prob- do it again? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, once you do it, you've kind of done it. Yeah. But we got up at about five in the morning um, because they said, you know, we're probably going to be approaching the locks at about five thirty. Got up on deck, got my camera set up uh, for time lapse, and it took us probably an hour and a half to get through the first three locks. And once you've gotten through the first two, you're like, okay, well, the third one's going to be the same, right? So mm-hmm. get up to the third one. We were the biggest passenger ship to go through the locks. From my understanding, we broke a record on that. And one other, I'm not 100% sure, though, was total number of passengers, like the total number of people going through as well, mm-hmm. was another one that we broke. So wow. we did get some plaques for it. Um, they were they're on display down on the deck 15 in the observation lounge. But it was cool because there was a lot of drones and a lot of media attention, and everyone's like tweeting, and like you can see like photos from the ship while you're on the ship on Twitter going through it. It was really kind of cool to see that they did like. Um, a video that we can get. I'm going to be getting in a few days of the whole Panama Canal transit. So going through the locks and then on the other side, going through the locks to get back out into the Pacific Ocean. So how long did the full transit take from Caribbean to Pacific? Just over 12 hours. So there's about an hour and a half through each set of locks and then going through the actual canal and through, uh, I can't think of the lake name, but through all that area took about eight hours, nine hours, and then was getting underneath the Bridge of Americas, I heard, again, this is just, I don't know if it's 100%, we had maybe like 10 feet to spare to get underneath that bridge, Mm -hmm. and we were at low tide, from my understanding as well. So, yeah, we were at dinner when that happened, and I kind of wanted to see it, but we missed it. So, beautiful, though, like the, just going through the air, the canal, we did hit a bit of a rainstorm halfway through it, so it kind of made everybody run inside. But it was still such beautiful scenery, and yeah. I, I believe that's, is that, it's called Gatun Lake, right? Lake Gatun? That's it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yes. thank you. Gotcha. So, <laughs> I tend to give it off the top of my head. Yeah. You, you make your way to Long Beach, to the L.A. area. How was your debark process yeah. after coming off that 15-night Panama Canal sailing? Well, let's just put it this way. We didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a beautiful ship. you got to give a crew uh, amazing props. I mean, nothing they wouldn't do for you. Anywhere you went, everyone had a smile. Everyone was willing to help. A lot of the other passengers were even just as excited. I know on Cruise Critic, they had a meet and greet. They had over 300 participants at the meet and greet, which is one of the biggest Norwegian has ever seen, wow. period. So, like, that's normally meet and greets. I know with Cruise Critics are around the 50 people. This is one huge group of people. Uh, from my understanding, even beat the ones on the inaugural. So there was a lot of people that were very excited for this cruise. I know a lot of people had this as a bucket list item. 
a lot of people had it booked like back in January when we did and held on till the very end. So disembarkment, uh, we bo- disembarked on our own. So we just take our luggage with us. We went and had breakfast at around 8.30. We took the elevator down. We had to wait in customs. Customs was a little odd, to be quite honest. All the paperwork said, because we're Canadian, it said, you know, you do not need to fill out this card. And they're saying you need to fill it out, the customs card. And we're like, well, okay, we'll fill it out, but we're not sure why. And get up there, oh, you didn't need to fill it out. You went in the wrong line. You were supposed to go in this line. So it was a little disorganized. Did we get off in okay? And did anybody get hurt? No. It was just kind of like a, you know, after such a beautiful experience. Yeah. But I would say time was probably an hour and 10 minutes from off the ship to where we picked up our Uber and 15 minutes to downtown Long Beach. Um, Dropped off our stuff at the hotel and went and toured the Queen Mary. Might as well go look at another ship while you've just got off one. (laughs) Nice. Well, like looking back on this sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? Doing the Panama Canal. Mm -hmm. I would say that was definitely um, just, it's been on a bucket list ever since we started cruising about six years ago. We always wanted to do it. We wanted to do one on a bigger ship, so it was kind of neat to actually do it on the biggest one to go through as passengers. The time away, it was, I mean, I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, you know, we were gone almost four weeks total with vacation days on the prior and half of them. So it was nice to really disconnect, not have to worry about anything. And, but now again, it's always nice to be home. Yeah, totally. Do you have any first time tips to offer guests who are sailing Norwegian Bliss? Not off the top of my head, just uh, sorry. No worries. I can't think of anything. Okay. Just go in expecting a good time and good food and good entertainment, I guess, right? Good food, absolutely. Um, did not have one bad meal. That's yeah. definitely for sure. Entertainment, again, you'll be wowed. You're looking at Broadway caliber mm-hmm. entertainment. If you can, book your entertainment in advance. I know they say freestyle, but you know you need to have... I know a lot of people were disappointed that they got turned away at Jersey Boys the first showing because they thought it was just a walk-in. It is best to book those in advance. And if there are some specialty restaurants that you really do want to go to, book those in advance as well. Okay. Just curious, uh, staying in the Haven, did you get a price break on any of those restaurants? No. So no. What we we were part of the free at sea. We got the open or free open bar mm-hmm. and up to $15 for your well drinks. Four specialty dinings um, were platinum, so we got two extra dining. So it used to be Modernos, but they don't have Modernos anymore on the Bliss, so it was Los Lobos. And then there was uh, another one we did for Cadence as well, so a total of six dining nights. And then we picked up the pocket on a few other of the nights that we went back because it was just so good at Q. So if you ever get a chance to go on the Bliss and have Q, do it because it was so tasty. I have to agree with you. Like, a thousand percent on cue that was i mean between the food and the live music i was right at home there barbecue and country music you can't go wrong no absolutely and i i'm I'm not a fan of country music but i was definitely enjoying yeah for sure well uh in closing here chris final thoughts of norwegian bliss i would love to sell her again i'm going to look into maybe doing another uh maybe alaska run i my first cruise was on holland america uh on alaska so i'm looking to maybe do one It's a quick drive to Seattle for me, so I might as well try it. Very cool. Chris, thanks for being on the show and sharing your review of Norwegian Bliss. We sure appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.